Tonight's episode of Legacy Battle is brought to you by Neora Fit. They say pictures are worth a thousand words. Let's look at some of the amazing results that Neora Fit users have enjoyed. Check out this guy. And look at what Neora has done for this woman. That's impressive. And check this out. Neora Fit goes way beyond weight management. Look at all these extra benefits. Neora also features plant-based skincare and hair restoration products. Contact my good friend Vaughn at YvonneSillNeora.com and check out all the ways Neora can improve your life. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon. We're not doing a show in an evening for once. Welcome to Legacy Battle. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and join the Facebook group page. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, please hit us up in the comments section. I am Michael Adams, the creator of Legacy Battle. Here with me tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King, our favorite high school coach, Joe Lamandola, and our special guest tonight. He was part of the original Twin Towers. Don't think that it started with Duncan and Robinson. It didn't. It started with this guy. He won a national championship with the University of Kentucky in 1978. They also hung that Kentucky jersey back there from the Raptors. He's part of their Hall of Fame. He's a, he was a second-team All-American, two-time first-team All-SEC. He won a gold medal representing the United States at the Pan-American Games, which is great. I thank you for representing the country. We love that. And then he was a third overall pick in the NBA draft by the Indiana Pacers. And he played with the Phoenix Suns as well. And, of course, behind me, the Boston Celtics. He scored over 3,700 points and had over 2,300 boards. Ladies and gentlemen, NBA world champion, Rick Roby. Appreciate you having me on. <laughs> yeah, great to have you on. Seems like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's the thing about tonight's debate. That this topic never gets old. We're going to be debating Magic versus Bird. And of course, after the debate, we'll have a Q and A, Q&A, uh, some questions about Rick and his career. So, we're going to start out tonight with the college years because that's how far this goes back. This is, goes back further than the NBA. So, Brian, um, let, let's start with Magic. What, what do you got on Magic in the college years? All right. Well, Magic, he went to Michigan State. And, you know, he, he chose Michigan State over Michigan, um, a, you know, a lot because he wanted to, he wanted to play with a, with a great team. They already had a really good, you know, a lot of talent there. Um, they ended up having, uh, three other guys who ended up being drafted, uh, to the NBA, uh, Greg Kelser, Jay Vincent, and, uh, Mike Brokovich. So that was, that team was pretty well stacked. And so, um, anyhow, he joins the team in 1978. He's third-team All-American. Um, that team, uh, they lost to a certain Kentucky team uh, in the uh, in the uh, the uh, March Madness. Sweet 1970. Yeah, yeah, right? Sixteen, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so then, uh, 1979, he's a first-team All-American. He's the Final Four Most Outstanding Player, and he wins the national championship uh, over the other guy we're going to talk about, Larry Bird. So, um, uh, very, very superb uh, uh, college basketball career for uh, uh, for Mr. Magic. So, Rick, I, I, I got to ask this question. You guys beat him in the NCAA tournament. You beat Magic Johnson. It was 52 to 49, so not like a high-scoring game. But you held Magic to six points and only five assists. How did you guys do that? Not really sure, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, can, I can remember the game. Uh, they were really closing in the inside on Phillips, myself, and Lee, and we started running a pick-and-roll type thing with Macy, and Macy, that ball game, I think, hit like 
12 or 14 free throws. He'd come off my pick, uh, either take the shot or get fouled. And uh, Macy played a real key role in that uh, that win for us that night. But uh, they had a great team. They had Custer. Yeah. They had uh, – trying to think of the other guy on their team. But uh, they're a very good team. One of the tougher teams we had to beat my senior year. The year we wanted, I figured if we could get past Michigan State and if we could get past the triplets, uh, Arkansas, because we didn't match up real well with them, um, it was going to be a great year for us, which it was. Right. And Magic, I mean, he averaged 17.1 points in college. You know, that's pretty good. Now, Magic obviously was more of a playmaker. I mean, he had 7.9 assists, so that that's definitely up there. Seven college awards, and he played, uh, you know, two years at Michigan State. So he didn't do the full four, but not a lot of people do the full four, especially nowadays. nowadays. <laughs> Lucky if you get one nowadays, right? Well, Kentucky calls me now to do radio shows. I said, I can't keep track who's there. <laughs> okay, yeah, Kentucky's where they'd have the one and done. I mean, that's where it is now. I mean. Calipari, but. <laughs> Joe, anything uh, you want to add on Magic in his college years? Um, not really. I mean, it's it's pretty much um, what uh, what's been said already. Um, you know, his his college career. You know, like you said, two time NCAA All Region, um, outstanding player. At a, at a school that was a big school back in the day, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything's just already been said. Been said, but I would have added. And Rick, seeing <laughs> Magic play, did you did you know he was going to become what what he became in in the NBA? Uh, no question about it. Both he and Larry, you know, are those type players that just bring the best out of everybody that they're around. Uh, you watch him play, you go, yeah, they don't really jump that high. Don't really look like they run that fast. You know, there's probably more athletic players than the two of them, but they were always two or three steps ahead of the person they were playing against. They just had that God gift of talent. Right. So let's move on to Bird's college years. Joe, why don't you start us off with Larry Bird? All right. So uh, Larry Bird attended uh, Indiana State. Uh, university from 1976 to 1979, um, <clears throat> where he, um, his, I'm trying to look for his record. Sorry, I'm in the car, so it's going to try to pull my records here. Um, he played 94 games um, and a total of 1,033 minutes. Um, he made 1,154 field goals of the 261 our 2,165 attempts, which was a 533%. He had a uh, 822 free throw percentage. Um, he had 1,247 total rebounds, 535 assists, 240 steals, and 83 blocks. Um, when he finished his career at college, he had total points of 2,850. What's neat about this is um, – you know, we, we, we see him as a Celtic and stuff like that. He's always been a Celtic, but that could have changed in college if they did, if they have the rules they have nowadays. Back because he was drafted by Boston in '78 and was allowed to, or '79 was allowed to finish his career, go back to school, and still stay in the draft. And uh, Indiana passed on him because they they said it was going to be hard to sign, and ended up going fifth to the uh, Celtics. So. Um, or sixth, I think it was sixth, fifth or sixth, 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 sixth. sixth, sixth. Yeah. Um, because our gentleman on, on today went fifth, so <laughs> but uh, so third. yeah, so you went, you went third. Oh, that's right, third, that's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I went to the Pacers. You're right, you're they right. I always right. told Larry, Kentucky gave me their last scholarship over him, and I got drafted ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, if that rule, if the rules in college nowadays, um, we may be talking about different uh, dynasty and a different type of player back in the day. So um, that was impressive. Um, his, you know, college, his college career numbers are pretty impressive. Well, and Larry, you know, he didn't start at Indiana State. He, he started uh, 
um, blanking on the college he started at now, but he didn't like the the big. Well, Indiana. yeah, he went to Indiana. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, right, yeah. right. And if if I heard correctly, Rick, you had over two hundred and ten offers for your college. Is that true? Well, uh, I was probably I could have gone where I wanted to. I had narrowed it down to Notre Dame in Kentucky, basically. Wow. That was back with Digger Phelps. They had Adrian Danley in that group. So, so I know you didn't play against Bird in college, but I'm sure you were a little familiar with his career. Well, what were your thoughts on Larry in the college years? Well, I mean, just a great all-around player. I did have an experience in the World Invitational Games after my senior year. Uh, our starting five at Kentucky, along with Bird, Magic, Cindy Moncrief, I think Norm Cook, uh, we played in that World Invitational game. So I got to know Larry Magic uh, during that three or four week period of uh, when we trained together. And plus, I think we played a total of four games. But uh, you could just tell the uh, the talent of both of them and. You know, I got drafted by the Pacers, and uh, Dave Cowens was always like my high school idol. You know, I always wanted to be the next Dave Cowens, and here all of a sudden I'm playing against him. Uh, he was a player coach at the time, and after that ball game at Indy, he said, Rick, we're going to make a trade for you uh, and uh, try to get you in Boston this year. And by golly, a month and a half later, I got that phone call and was traded to Boston. And that's back when Boston had, you know, JoJo White, Curtis Rowe, Bad News Marvin Barn, Bob McAdoo. And they were having a terrible season. We only won 32 games uh, that year. But that's the year they were able to get Bird drafted or signed before that next draft. Then they traded the first pick. Uh, for Joe Barry Carroll um, and uh, were able to get Robert Parrish and then got Mikhail in the third pick. So, you know, the dynasty uh, is history now. To this day, I still say that's probably the greatest back line to ever play the game. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely up there for sure. But as far as the bird magic, they both just had that sixth sense of uh, being able to make other players great, along with their ability to be great players. Yeah, that, that's a great point. That, that's something I was going to bring up was that you think about what Bird did there with Indiana State. I mean, it was that's not a basketball school. It's not a great, you know, it wasn't great caliber players there. But he ended up 81-13 and 13 in three seasons there. And, of course, getting to the national championship. I know they lost to – Michigan State by 11, but man, I mean, what a tremendous way of just like you, like you said, uh, you know, lifting up his, his, uh, his teammates' um, uh, skill level as well as his own. And if I'm well, remembering, oh, go, go ahead, Rick, I'm sorry. I mean, I know Larry a lot better than I know Magic and Bird is just that type of person that never thought he could lose. You know, he wanted that ball. Uh, he'd tell people, you know I'm going to get this ball and you know I'm going to score on you on those close ball games. He just had that personality, uh, but he was good enough to back it up. And uh, and he was tough. You know, he, he's uh, he's a tough guy. He's a fighter. And uh, that's why they're both great, great players. And I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, too, Indiana State, they never made the tournament until Bird got there. And then I, he takes him to a 33-0 and 0 season. <laughs> yeah. Undefeated. It's incredible. incredible. So, Bird, he averaged 30.3 points in college, 4.6 assists, 15 college awards, played three years uh, over there at Indiana State. But, uh, you know, maybe kind of the determining factor for their college years is the 1979 college championship, uh, you know, NCAA championship game where you got Magic versus Bird in the title game. And, and as Brian said, uh, you know, Magic got the upper hand on that one with a, a 75-64 victory. Um, you know, looking at the stats for that game, I do feel that Bird kind of outplayed Magic. Um, you know, as we said earlier, Magic had a lot more talent around him at the, at the college years. 
So maybe that that's why, you know, they Indiana State had to rely on Bird more. But um, it started in college, and then we move into <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, move into the NBA. So uh, we'll start with Bird this time, um, Brian. Let, let's 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 talk about some personal accolades and stats. Well, I mean, this is this is a long list, so I'm going to abbreviate this some. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, first off, a, a, a career award being on the NBA's 50th anniversary team. I mean, of all the great NBA players that we've seen year in and year out, and, and Larry Bird is on that team, and that's that's just a heck of accolade there. Um, he was, in 1986, he was the AP Athlete of the Year. Now, that's not just for basketball. That's for every single sport on the planet. And they, they ranked him, you know, as the Athlete of the Year in 1986. He had an incredible year in 86. Um, included also in 86, he became the first to ever be part of the 50-40-90 club. Now, if you don't know what the 50-40-90 club is, that's 50% or more field goal percentage, 40% or more three-point percentage, and 90% or more free throw percentage. There's only been nine players that have ever done this. And, uh, and, and Bird did it not once, but he did it twice. He did it in 86 and in 87. Uh, he was the three-point contest winner, 86 through 88. I mean, we all know about just how great he was beyond the arc. Uh, you know, it's able to call a shot pretty much. You know, he was just, uh, he was money out there. Um, 1982 to 1984, all defensive second team. Uh, he, he raised his game. He, he was not just a scorer. He raised his game and, and became a very good defensive player as well. 1980, he was the rookie of the year. Uh, nine time all NBA first teamer, 12 time NBA all star. Three times he was the most valuable player of the entire league, and it was three consecutive seasons, 1984 to 1986. Two-time NBA Finals MVP, uh, 1984, 1984 and 1986. And then his career totals were pretty, you know, were pretty uh, impressive too. I mean, he's 18th on the all-time list points per game, 24.3. Um, he's up there uh, in the top 15 assists, 6.3, which is pretty good for considering the position he played. So he had some uh, just just great accolades, great stats all the way around. The back problems in the older years started, you know, holding him back a little bit. Unfortunately, he didn't play to be that old. Was he 34, 33? Played thirteen seasons. So yeah, I think he was in his mid thirties by then. Right, right. He's still struggling with that back. I see him quite a bit in Naples, and we've played some golf and. Sometimes when I go down there, he's out, you know, because of the back situation. But uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he like he was shoveling snow or something or shoveling? He was shoveling something. That's how he hurt his back. Who knows? <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> I thought I read that. Well, Rick, you, you played with him in Boston. You won a championship with, with him in, in Boston. Is there anything you could tell us that maybe, I mean, ha People don't know, or you know, everybody knows he's great. But is was there something that really stuck out from his game? Well, I just kind of repeat myself, but uh, he was just that type of guy. Robert Parrish, when he came into town from uh, Golden State, Robert wasn't that good a player at the time. Okay, Robert hadn't learned to really run the floor. Robert really hadn't learned to be the type of scorer that he could be. And I think once he got around Bird and Bird's personality, he was able to turn Robert in to one of the better centers to ever play the game. Same thing with McHale. You know, I think he just made both of those guys that much better because if you were able to get in the right position, Larry got you the ball. And uh, he just gave you that type of confidence. Well, and we know he was a leader on the court. Was he also a leader in the locker room? Was he one of the, the guys that kind of captained them? Or? No question about it. You know, he's normally the first one at practice and the last one to leave. You know, he wasn't one of those prima donnas that uh, only wanted to play the ball games. Uh, if he was hurt, I mean, this guy's played 34, 35 minutes at night and beat up. He would still show up for practice uh, and, uh, and 
ages showed that later too. So, yeah. So, Joe, tell, tell us about uh, Magic's personal accolades. All right. So, <clears throat> Magic um, Johnson was a 12-time All-Star. Um, he was a four-time assist uh, leader champion, um, two-time steals champion, five-time NBA champ. Um, he was named to the All-Star All-NBA team ten times. Um, in 79-80, he was an All-Rookie, uh, two All-Star MVPs, three Finals MVPs. Um, and his career, um, NBA career, Averaging 19.5 points per game, um, 7.2 rebounds per game, and had 11.2 assists per game. Um, he, uh, when he when he retired in 1996, he re retired as the all-time leader in assists with 9,981 assists. Um, yeah, I mean, and he he's on some of the same list that Larry Bird is. Um, he's on the um, all 50. Uh, 50th anniversary team, um, and yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, obviously, he has the five rings with the Lakers. You know, I, I think um, did, did Stockton pass him on the assist list? Am I he has that? now, I believe. I believe he has. Uh, no, actually not. Uh, well, I think maybe for total assists, but for average, uh, you know, assists well, yeah, per game. Total. Yeah. Um, uh, Magic Johnson that has the lead. I was going to say something about that. Was that it's incredible. Magic has 11.2 assists per game in his career. Second place is Stockton at 10.5. And then third percent is Robertson at 9.5. So from first to third, there's almost a two assists per game difference. Yeah. Just, that just shows you how heavy shoulders that, that Magic Johnson was in, 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 you know, with his passing game above yeah. everyone else. I'm shocked that Chris Paul isn't up on that list. Wow. He, he's in fourth, actually. He's fourth? In fourth. Okay. Yeah. He's slowed down the last few years. I think that's why his numbers are coming down a little bit. But uh, so, Rick. The uh, thing about Magic, I think, is, uh, you know, he could play any position. He could play point guard, two guard, small forward, big forward, center. You know, he could play defense on just, you know, just about any type of player. And uh, that's, that's hard to find that type of player. Well, and when he, when he came back from what we'll call his retirement and played there that one more year, I know they were playing him on forward. He wasn't he wasn't real happy about that. <laughs> but uh, what what I always like to look at, I'm I'm a stats guy, and, and 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 hardware, and that's how I make a lot of determinations. So let me just put this side by side for you. You got Magic with the three final MVPs, Bird with two, regular season MVPs. They're tied with three. All-Stars, they're tied with 12. Um, All-Star MVP, Bird's got one. Magic's got two. Um, All-NBA first team, they both have nine. All-NBA second team, they both have one. They both were on the all-rookie team. However, Bird won rookie of the year. Magic Johnson did not. Um, Brian, you mentioned the three-point contest for Bird. And, uh, Joe, you said the four-time assist leader. Uh, Bird was also a three-time all-defensive team. Um, which uh, Magic was never on that, but Magic was did lead the league in steals two times. And then uh, gold medals, you got Bird with three. Magic only has two. Um, so as far as the hardware, they're pretty even. And then you go to stats. We know that Magic was more of a playmaker, which why Magic averaged 11.2 assists, Bird only 6.3. Bird was a shooter, pure shooter, could take it in as well. You know, hit, hit the layup. He could do pretty much anything. His points are 24.3 to Magic at 19.5. And then uh, on the boards, you got Bird at 10 and Magic only at 7.2. Steals, they're almost dead even. Field goal percentage, you got Magic at 520 and Bird at 496. But then if you go to the three-point percentage, then you got Bird in the lead with 376 to 303. And then Bird also leads in blocks. So... Even with the stats, they're pretty close. I mean, the points and assists are going to be different because they're different types of players, but they were both the, pretty much the best at what they did, um, which makes makes the debate a, a, a little <laughs> difficult. It's, it's almost like you want to compare Bird maybe to, like, Jordan and Johnson to LeBron. 
because that's kind of the type of games they facilitate uh, with one another. But, uh, yeah, uh, statistically, these guys are, are, are pretty pretty dead even. I mean, Rick, you, obviously you played with Bird, but you played against them both, um, you know. All I can say is you want them both in your foxhole. I was going to say one stat also I want to throw out is that Magic he had 138 triple-double games which is third of all time so I mean he, he and that, he's only I think it's Westbrook and Jordan I'm not sure who the other one is but yeah I mean that, that, that's that's tremendous to be up that up that high in, in triple-double games all I can tell you is these kids today have these those two guys to thank. Uh, they're, my rookie year was the first year for ESPN, okay? ESPN is what really changed the world as far as contracts and, and bird magic are the two guys that uh, turned it around for these athletes to be signing contracts like they are today. That's a good point. Uh, Jordan came on and Jordan kept it going. But uh, really, Bird, Magic are uh, the ones everybody should get up every day and say thank you. Oh, yeah, it was their rivalry that drove the ratings way. They really brought the NBA ratings and TV and just everything from tennis shoe companies to marketing. Uh, That's when it all turned is when they came into the league. So speaking of rivalry, let's talk head-to-head. Um, I'll, I'm going to take this one. So, I mean, the win percentage, when, when Larry, every season Larry Bird played, Celtics win percentage was at 705. They had a record of 751 wins and 314 losses. And you go over to Magic, their win percentage in the seasons he played was 717, and they won 765 and lost 301. So pretty close there. Um, they met 18 times in the regular season, and uh, Magic leads that 11 wins to seven. And then in the playoffs, Magic leads in the playoffs 11 wins to eight. But, of course, the big one is, is in the finals, where, where Magic leads two to one over Bird in, in the NBA championship head-to-head matchup. Um, so it does – put Magic slightly ahead. <laughs> I mean, championships are, are big, you know, but the nice thing about our show is um, it's not just stats and hardware. We're talking, like, overall legacies, too. So that that's a determining factor a lot. But uh, Joe or Brian, any you guys want to add anything on the head-to-heads? Um, well, not so much the head-to-heads, but I would add, add the fact that, um, you know, we look at Larry Bird as a player, but even as a coach, he was NBA Coach of the Year in '98, um, and then All Star uh, game head coach in '98, uh, same same year. Um, but um, I thought I had his record down somewhere. But his his record was pretty impressive as a head coach. Coaching, yeah. um, so I mean, I I agree with you, Michael. It's it's splitting hairs, really, man. Uh, it, it's you know, if you take in uh, the way I look at it. This way is if you took one player off that team, would that team be the same team? You know, say if you took Larry Bird off the Celtics or Magic off the, the Lakers, would that team be the same? Um, so it's split hairs, man. That's all I had to add to it. That's an interesting point, Joe, because that's something sort of what I was going to bring up, is that there's a, a narrative out there that is, that is, you know, Magic Johnson, yeah, he was great, but he never was able to win the, the, the NBA championship without Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on his team. And that's technically true, but there's one thing that I think a lot of people that say that forgot, and that is in the 1980 finals in game five, or I'm sorry, game six, when they were up three to two, um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was injured. He couldn't play in that game six. So Magic came in, and he played center instead of Kareem, and he scored 42 points in that game and secured the championship, and that was as a rookie. And so that – this idea that maybe, you know, he couldn't have done it without Kareem is not really, I don't think, fair. Um, right. And, you know, and would would Bird have been able to do it without Parrish and Mikhail? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's really tough to say for sure. I think that the team, you know, as far as the, the quality of the team might have leaned a little bit 
more towards the Lakers just because Kareem was so, you know, Kareem's also a top the guys in the top five conversation. Yeah. None, none of the guys from the Celtics are really the guys that are in the top five conversation. So it might lean a little bit towards the Lakers, but man, it's I mean I think Magic did enough to you know to, to throw a lot of doubt in there. Sprinkle in a James Worthy too. I will say Kareem was kind of out of his prime too. That's true. Yeah, he was a lot, he was older then. Yeah, I played against Kareem. Believe me, he was a much better player at a younger age. He wasn't quite able to run the floor like he used to and do some of the things that he could as a young kid. But uh, you know, but Magic had Worthy. He had Wilkes. Uh, you know, he had some other great. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, so hypothetically speaking, Rick, if we took Bird off the Celtics and we took Magic off the Lakers, which team do you think is going to succeed more? I, I, I think you're just talking about two guys that <laughs> were just, uh, you know, you want them on your team. I mean, uh, they're both great, great players. They both were uh, – Guys that showed up every day to play. They weren't prima donnas. Uh, they went out and, and did what they had to do. They both had toughness about them. Uh, you know, I'm going to pick Bird because Bird, heck, is one of my good friends. <laughs> I've been in a lot of foxholes with him on and off the floor. So uh, he's uh, he's definitely... If you're a friend of his, he's got your back. I'll say that. So let's move into the after-playing career. Um, Brian, why don't you start us out on that? Um, bird or Magic? Uh, your choice. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll get into I'll get into Magic because Magic's got a really interesting one. I mean, we obviously know why he retired. Um, you know, it was found that he that he had uh, the HIV virus. And, um, you know, and he, he really took this, the news, I think, like a man, and he really showed a lot of bravery. He came out, he had that, he had that press conference, he announced what happened. Um, he kind of, by doing that, I think that, you know, before that, the sort of the, the, the idea and the narrative was that, you know, HIV was only tied to, you know, certain types of people, you know. Uh, you know, there's certain sexuality or there's certain, or maybe, you know, into in drugs or something like that. But then to have, you know, have a guy like Magic come out and say that, that this happened to him, sort of, you know, maybe normalized it for folks and said, you know, hey, this could happen to anybody. Uh, you know, George H.W. Bush, you know, the president of the United States, he, he called, he called Magic a hero for his bravery on, on this, uh, uh, topic here. And, and I, yeah, I agree with him. Um, and he wrote a lot of books, um, you know, about, his, his experience with HIV and, you know, and safe sex, that sort of thing. And he became a, he became a spokesman and a motivational speaker on that front as well. Uh, 1994, uh, briefly, he was a coach at Lakers. I uh, had a five and 11 record, nothing really to get too excited about there, but uh, business ventures. He got into you know, a lot of things in, in the business world. Um, he has the Magic Johnson Enterprises. Uh, you know, it's a promotional company. There's Magic Works. Um, he got, he has part ownership in the LA Dodgers. So he actually, you know, just this past season, he's got a, a world series to add to his accolades, uh, as well. Um, he owns the Dayton Dragons, who is a class A baseball team. Um, uh, and he's a part owner of the, uh, Los Angeles Sparks and the, and the, uh, WNBA. Um, he was an NBA commentator for a while for, uh, TBS seven seasons, and, uh, you know, and recently he was a Lakers executive and he was the guy that brought in LeBron James and got LeBron James signed to the Lakers. And, you know, and then we all know what happened there. So he's, uh, he's done a lot after his, after his, uh, playing career. And, you know, a lot of good stuff, a lot of successful stuff. Well, we, we know what happened when he brought in LeBron James, but it wasn't until after Magic was gone that they were able to win those titles. In fact, Magic, you know, was tampering with other teams' players and, uh, you know, that, that was a big thing. Uh, and he had a falling out with the Lakers in, in 2019. Um, you know, and he stepped down uh, as the president of, of basketball operations. You know, and a lot of that had to do with, uh, you know, the tampering thing. And during his tenure, they didn't make the, the playoffs, uh, you know, 2017 there to, to 2019. And he was so crazy trying to get Anthony Davis at, at one point. 
he offered anybody on the roster but LeBron or the entire <laughs> roster. So, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't the greatest executive. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give Bird a, the nod on the after basketball just for this fact because Magic Johnson's talk show was so horrible. It lasted eight <laughs> weeks. That he, it was so bad that he, he, he loses out on the after basketball section for me. But... So um, let, let, let's move to Bird after after his playing days. Uh, Joe, you'd already mentioned that he was the coach, um, <clears throat> coach of the year in 88. He had a 687 win percentage as a coach. So that that's pretty darn good with the Indiana Pacers, of course. Oh, wait, that was uh, 98. 98 he was the coach. Or, 98. 98, 98. I'm sorry. What did I say, 87? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, he, he, he coached the Pacers, and he took Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls to seven games which is pretty impressive, uh, you know, during the Jordan run there. Almost knocked him out. And if anybody saw the last dance, we saw the, the comments that Jordan made to, to Larry after that game. But um, Larry definitely could coach. And he said he was only going to coach three years when he started, took the job. And he only coached three years, so he stuck to his guns. And, of course, he was the executive of the year in 2012 uh, with, with Indiana. So he has done quite well. Uh, with his basketball, now he's not a billionaire like like Magic. You know, Magic has definitely had some ventures that have made him some good money. But um, but I think that's but I think that's that's Larry Bird's style, though. You know, yeah. um, he does he does own a couple businesses um, that I know of. So you know, maybe it's just because he's not really one to be in the be in the limelight, so to speak. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. A lot of people don't know this, but Twitter, the logo is named Larry after Larry Bird. So that, that's that right? kind of, yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> kind of interesting. That, yeah. And of course, he's been in three movies, including Space Jam. Magic wasn't in Space Jam. I mean, you know, all, all the <laughs> well, studs were in Space Jam. Right no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, so Rick, you know, you know Larry. After his basketball days, he's always been more quiet. Magic, you know, Magic was Showtime. Magic was uh, always I putting mean, himself out there. I have people calling me all the time trying to get to Larry because Larry just is the type. He's, you know, when he was done with basketball, he wants his privacy. He likes going out, drinking a beer with buddies, uh, playing a little golf. Uh, he has a ranch up in uh, Bloomington where he stays in the summertime. And, uh, you know, he's just more of a non-Hollywood type person. You know, he's the hick from French Lick. Okay. So, yep, yep. And, he, and he hasn't changed, uh, you know. So, but both of them have been very successful in what they've uh, ever gone after, after basketball, I feel like. Well, if he ever wants to do a small podcast, hook us up. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a Celtics Mount Rushmore. You know? hey, he's killing me. I, the writer up in Boston, he, <laughs> he knows I go to Naples. And when you and Larry are having a few beers, just make it call me because I want to get a couple of quotes. <laughs> so I don't. I don't want any quotes. I just want a Mount Rushmore show. So give him my email. Let's get that going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what you see in Larry is what he is. You know, he's just. Uh, he seems very humble. Is, is, is that yeah, accurate? He is a humble guy. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he he's thankful for what he uh, was able to accomplish. And, uh, you know, I, I always called him a tightwad. You know, he was always careful with his money. And, you know, uh, he finally took me out to dinner a couple times, uh, last time, a few times I've seen him, because I used to pay for his meals as a rookie. You know, cause oh, he, nice. he was so tight. Hell, $50, I could have lived in French Lick for a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, but, you, you said you golf with him. What, I, I've always wondered this, because I, I, I love to golf. My brother and I golf. Uh, what, what's his handicap? He's probably shoots anywhere from... 75 to 90, you know, wow. depending on the nice. body. You know, he's a, he's a good player. 
Who's better, you or him? Ancient McHale and Bird and I used to play all the time. Who's better, you or him? Uh, given day. <laughs> Depending on his back, right? <laughs> on his back. So. Fair enough. Okay. All right, so before we go to our vote, let's uh, let's let's go to our trivia question. So trivia question for a prize today. Uh, prior winners, you guys are still ineligible. Put your answers in the Facebook group section, um, and we'll get the prize mailed out to you. So of these basketball movies, which one had the highest combined total score in the final game played in the movie? So the uh, three movies are Blue Chips, Semi-Pro, and Hoosiers. So which one had the final score that was the greatest? And then the second part of the question of it is, which team's coach is an Academy Award winner? So throw that in the sec comment section. We'll get your prize out to you. All right, any final thoughts before we vote from anybody? Nothing more to add? All right, let's go to our vote. Brian, this is – we've had – We've had Manning Brady. We've had Crosby Ovechkin, Lemieux Gretzky. This is right in there with how with how hard it is. Uh, you it and really I are on all those. So who do you yeah, it really it really is. It's so tough to pick. Um, when I look at the college aspect, first off, I, I I lean towards Bird just because of the way he was able to lift those other teammates up. You know, he wasn't on a stacked team. You know, he was the team. Everybody knew it was him, but they couldn't stop it, you know. And so that's – that's been, I, I, I lean towards him on college. I also lean towards Bird on the uh, – um, you know, on, in, in his – well, I really – I think in his career, it's, it's in his NBA career, it's really, really close. Uh, I like the inspirational and the business stuff that, that um, uh, Magic did in his post-career. So I sort of lean, lean that way too. So that's what makes this really tight. I'm going to – I'm gonna go with Bird on this one, um, just because I, I just love the I love the fact that he was able to to, to rise up and 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 do things you know when uh, when his teammates weren't always the best. I, I, that 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 really rings true with me. So I'm gonna go with Bird. So I'm gonna go next. So uh, growing up, I was a Celtics fan. We had no team in Pittsburgh, so you know I rooted for Boston and. Uh, you know, Larry Bird is my second favorite player of all time. And the only reason why he's not my first player, favorite player of all time, is because Michael Adams from the Denver Nuggets was my favorite player because we had the same name. So <laughs> that's the only reason why Bird is a number one. Now, granted, Bird was a lot better than, than Michael Adams. Michael Adams had a nice career, had some all-star games. But, you know, so Bird was my favorite. But that being said, uh from 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 a legacy standpoint, like Magic just was so much more out there in the public, and I, I respect how Bird kept it uh, kept low key. I, I respect that, but just from a legacy standpoint, like Magic, I, I think worldwide is just known like so much greater than 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 maybe Larry would. I think here in America, if I was voting just based off the United States, I'd say Larry Bird. But I really think worldwide, like Magic and Showtime, it, it just uh, it just captivated people. So, as much as I hate to say it, I, I am I am taking Magic Johnson. So, Joe, go ahead. Well, uh, like I said earlier, it's like splitting hairs. Um, I look at the the NBA or even the college, you know, numbers and heads to heads and all that. That as far as teams go. Um, and maybe Magic has a slight edge because of the championship rings, uh, the national championship. But, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, in a one-on-one -on -one pickup game, numbers the, the, the numbers head-to-head -head doesn't really um, lie a lot. Um, and with that being said, all the categories that I was looking at, um, Bird just had the edge over Magic Johnson if they're playing on one-on-one. -on -one. If it's a one-on-one Saturday at the park, um, then I've got to go with Bird. So that's what I'm going with Bird. Okay. And we're going to go to Rick. I think I know we know where <laughs> Rick's going. But your, your vote, Rick. Well, it's real easy for me. Uh, you know, I just feel like Bird, uh, you know, 
They're both great players. But if I was going to pick one to be in my foxhole, I know Larry Bird's the one I'd pick. So, hey, fair enough. I, and and on you know, I do think Bird is the better player. But see you next week, and if somebody sees this and tells, <laughs> I better. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I do think Bird's the better player. Just legacy wise, I just feel like Johnson's legacy is a little bigger, though. You know, well, yeah, that's, that's he was in L.A. You know. Yes, exactly. L.A. Yeah. If you L.A. New York, you Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. All right. Let's let's move into our Q and A for for Rick and and his career. Brian, you can start us off. Well, I mean, as I as I look over your career, I mean, we got we got John B. Hall, we got Slick Leonard, Dave Cohen's, Bill Fitch, John McLeod, some some good coaches in there. Which, which coaches really stood out and sort of meant the most to you and, and molded you? Well, I'd have to say Joby Hall, Kentucky. Uh, you know, I came out of New Orleans. I was a 6'10", 265-pound kid coming out of high school, and uh, he molded me into the type of player that I became in college. Um, I think as far as my pro career is concerned, you know, just my relationship with Dave Cowens was huge. Uh, not only was he a player coach, but we became teammates and really good friends. And uh, also Casey Jones, who just passed away. Uh, he was the assistant coach at Boston, but uh, Casey and I were uh, really, really tight. So, uh, but Coach Hall was definitely, he and Andy Russo, my high school coach, were the two that really that molded me. So, Joe, go ahead. Two-part question, if that's okay. The first question is, you said earlier um, it was Kentucky or Notre Dame. Um, what prompted your choice to Kentucky? Well, the reason why is they had a senior bunch of Kevin Gravy, Bob Guyette, Jimmy Dan Connors, Mike Flynn, and uh, I just felt like we, they had already signed Jack Givens, Mike Phillips, Danny Hall, and James Lee. I just felt like with that senior group coming back and our freshman group, it could really turn into something special. And, you know, if they didn't guarantee me anything when I got there. You know, uh, all the freshman bunch were all good high school players and highly uh, recruited. Um, but that, you know, I was able to uh, start with Gravy, Guyette, Flynn, Connors, and that's the year we got beat by UCLA in the finals. So, that's awesome. And the other, the other question real quick is, you watch today's NBA throughout the years, um, has anything changed in the game that you see that might be bad for basketball that maybe, you know, you see, you look and say, man, it's just bad. It's just bad basketball. Well, I, you know, back in our day, the inside game meant a lot. Uh, post, your post play was important. I think today's game, what's important is being able to shoot three-point. If you can shoot three-pointers, they're going with that instead of uh, the higher percentage shot inside. Uh, it's became more of a perimeter game compared to back when I played. Good. Thank you very much. Yeah. The way Larry hits the threes, imagine what he would do in today's NBA. <laughs> oh, man. He'd be averaging 50 points a night. <laughs> Been crazy. So. So, so I wanted to ask you um, – I said uh, at the beginning during the introduction that you were uh, part of the, what I like to call the original Twin Towers with, uh, it was Mike Phillips, right? right? Right. So just tell me like a little bit like what it was to play with him. And I mean, you guys were pretty much unstoppable in, in college. Um, obviously, you know, get into the title and then winning the title. Um, so just tell me a little bit about playing with Mike and, and, and how you guys kind of dominated. Well, you know, it had never been done before. And Coach Hall, you know, I played the big four. Mike played center. Uh, Mike was a very good offensive player. Uh, 
you know, I think he and I, he didn't run the floor quite like I did, but uh, if you got the ball inside to him, he was uh, really good. But just our size alone, you know, we were all 6'10", 240 pounds, 245 pounds. We also had James Lee, you know, 6'6", uh, 240. Uh, so we could throw a pretty good-sized lineup at you. And, you know, after our career, the next, it was Bowie Turpin. So it kind of just went on with Kentucky with playing big guys together. Brian, go ahead. Yeah, well, you were drafted third overall uh, in 1978 by, by the Pacers. Um, can you tell us, like, what, like, right before the draft, like, what was kind of going through your mind? Did you know that the Pacers were the team that was interested in you? and Or did you – was there, like, some doubt in there, like, who was going to draft you? Well, I mean, I knew the Pacers were going to pick me. Uh, Larry Fleischer, who was the uh, player association president, I mean, in charge of was my agent coming out. He was trying really hard to uh, – New York had the fourth pick, and he just felt like New York would have been a much better spot for me to go, marketing-wise and all that. But uh, the Pacers stuck to their guns and uh, kept the third pick, and I ended up going there. Um, it was a little bit of a, you know, different atmosphere than what I was accustomed to at Kentucky, the Pacers were. Um, Slick Leonard was pretty laid back. Uh, I was more accustomed to rituals, routines, and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, I was just happy to be traded to Boston. Boston was more like a Kentucky protein, you know, uh, with right, right. Sport, tradition and knowing that uh, they already had Bob McAdoo, Jojo White, Chris Ford. They had good players, but they'd already drafted Bird, knew they were going to get him signed, and that they had the number one pick. So there was a possibility for me to be on a really good young team. So I got lucky, got to play with some really great players. Joe, go ahead. So I got a question. Um, so coaches that come from college, they get hired in um, NBA. Some some make it, some don't. What do you, in your opinion, what are some of the challenges for the coaches that attempted to coach in the NBA um, and just wasn't successful? Well, I think your college coach probably is a more of an X and O uh, teacher of the game. I think your pro coaches are more blending big egos, guys that really know the game. Yes, they're, you know, they have certain plays and stuff they want us to run, but they're more trying to mix personalities more so than uh, teaching how to go shoot a shot or how to block out or how to play defense. They're more nurturing, uh, you know, you always have certain ones on the team that were powders or big you know, guys, and, you know, they they just had to be that type of person to be able to, to blend them. And your good pro coaches, most of them were former players. So you won an NCAA championship and an NBA championship. I mean, not a lot of people have won both those, so I mean that. I'm give you a new trivia question. Yeah. High school, NIT, NCAA, and NBA. The only player to do it. That, is that wow. you? Yeah, <laughs> we're looking at him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I get it. That's great. <laughs> I'll mail you out a prize. <laughs> <laughs> because so, used to, you'd see that and they'd have you know magic they'd have some names with me but uh that nit i get them okay <laughs> well is there one is there one that uh maybe means the most to you or they all yeah, kind of they all mean something the college one i think i played a huge role in it you know the nba i played somewhat of a role in it but uh 
you know, the college one, uh, you know, I, I just felt like uh, myself and Jack and Kyle, the three of us, uh, you know, carried Kentucky to that uh, to that championship. But they're both fun. Believe me, when you win a championship in Boston, they're the greatest fans. I mean, it's like Kentucky fans are in college. And, and, and what does it, like, mean to you? Uh, 2005, Kentucky retired your, your jersey. What, what does that mean to you? Well, it, it meant a lot. I'm glad my father was still alive to be able to see it. Uh, probably means more to him than it did to me at the time. But uh, it's an honor. I mean, with the caliber of players that have gone through Kentucky, uh, I live here now. I have a business here. You know, so it's uh, neat to be able to say to people, yeah, my jersey's in Rupp Arena. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a big honor. Do you have time for one more each or? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I look at the, the way things went down uh, for Kentucky during your career. Uh, you guys got to, uh, in your first season, you guys got to the, the finals but lost to UCLA. Then the next couple of seasons, you guys were, were good, but not great. And then things, everything came together um, in that final season. Uh, so what is it that you could point to that, that maybe was the reason why everything everything really worked in that final uh, championship season? Well, my sophomore year, I didn't play the uh, last half of the year uh, due to a knee injury. So I really feel like with me out of the lineup, it really kind of set us back some my sophomore year. My junior year, I feel like we got beat by North Carolina. That's back when they were able to four-corner it. There wasn't a shot clock, and they were able to get like a 12, 14-point lead on us early, and they just spread the floor on us. They made 35 out of 36 free throws. We got within four, but really that team – with Larry Johnson as our point guard, we probably could run with anybody. And if we would have made it to that final four that year, I feel like we would have won it again. Marquette ended up winning it, but uh, Marquette wouldn't have been able to stay with us because I think we averaged 90-some points a game. We were, you know, just that type of team. Now, our senior year, we were picked by everybody to win it. I mean, uh, if we wouldn't have won it that year, it would have been a, a terrible season for us. So it all worked out. Joe? So a lot. There, there's people that like the one and done, don't like the one and done in college. Um, what's your take on the one and done? How do you think it hurts or helps players or college I mean, I don't like it. I, I can't blame the players because of the type of money that they're, you know, coming out. I mean, they sign one contract, they're set for life if they take care of themselves. Uh, so you can't blame them. I think I'd like them to see them change the rule like football, that you have to at least go to your junior year before you can enter the draft. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I have people call me all the time wanting me to do – uh, radio shows on the Kentucky team. And I tell them, I said, I don't even know the guy's name. So they don't stay there long enough. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I'd say they're going to have to change something. Uh, I think this year's Kentucky team, we're going to finally get to see some of them come back as bad as they've been playing. So we'll get you out here on this one. Um, the The Pan American Games, uh, do you still have the gold medal? I'm assuming that you do. And and uh, how did you get asked to be on that team? Like, was there a process? Did you have to try out? Or did you just – they just picked you because you were so good? Well, I was a freshman, and they weren't allowing freshmen to try out. But Adolph Rupp was on the Olympic board. And Adolph Rupp was the reason why I was able to get a tryout out in Salt Lake City. There's probably – 100 players that were invited out there, and it was a month of a process of eliminating it down to our team. And uh, on that team, Robert Parrish played, 
on that team with me, Tree Rollins, Otis Birdsong, uh, who else was on that team? Johnny Davis, uh, Norm Cook. So it was a great group of players, and, uh, you know, I ended up playing against and with a lot of them in the pros. So you still have the medal? Still have the medal. And I also have the 1981 World Championship ball uh, nice. signed by the whole team. When the buzzer went off, I kept it. <laughs> that is not tonight's prize for the trivia winner, just so everybody's <laughs> uh, But uh, no, I still have my gold medal, got my NBA ring, got that ball. I have the 1978 championship net, uh, got my championship ring, NCAA. All the auctions houses are called. But now I'm old. Uh, right. You know, go ahead and let auction all this stuff. Now. I just haven't, so. Well, I, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. You know, thank, thank you, Rick Roby, for joining us. That, that, Not a problem. That, that, that was an honor having, having a former yeah. Celtic on. So, Sir. I, I, I love that. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, uh, stay healthy and uh, stay safe. Thank you. That's when I'm hitting that ball in Naples next week. <laughs> All right. Well, and I want to remind everybody to join that, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, join the Facebook group, and, uh, you know, that's where you can, can win those trivia prizes. So thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, it's, it's not good night. It's good afternoon. Have a good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> See you guys.